Welcome to La Mezcla Latina, where we discuss all things music, culture, career, and lifestyle regarding the Latinx community. I'm your host, Dominica, and I can't wait to chat in this week's episode. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn more about La Mezcla Más Pura. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of La Mezcla Latina. Today, I am joined by Annie, founder and CEO and all things I'd Love to Moy. I am here and chatting with her about um, her business and everything regarding her starting it, um, her inspiration and everything along those lines. So I'll kick it off to you, Annie. Do you want to introduce yourself? Of course. I'm so happy to be here. Hi, everybody. My name is Annie Leal, uh, and I am the founder and owner of I Love to Moy. And can you give us a brief background of what led you to start your business? Actually, before we even get there, let me know like where you're from, your upbringing. I want to know um, how you, you know being exposed to your culture kind of brought and like led you to this point in your life. For sure. So I was actually born and raised in Mexico. I lived in Mexico up until I was, I believe, 20 years old. I went to college in Mexico as well. And then my family moved to uh, the south of Texas and into McAllen, Texas. Um, So I obviously grew up around Mexican culture, um, Mexican parents, Mexican myself. Um, And I think moving Moving to the U.S., um, I, I, it was always really important to me to stay connected to my culture and the things that I loved about it. And I grew up enjoying Mexican candy, eating Mexican food, and and you know it's what comfort food is to me. Um, and then what led me to to create this business was almost around the same time that we moved to the U.S. My dad was diagnosed with diabetes, and as many Latinos are, and, um, you know, he changed his diet around, and and he started exercising um, to to kind of manage that, Um, but I never stopped to question, like, what he was specifically eating. Like, my dad has a sweet tooth, right? So, um, he had this um, this cabinet filled with sugar-free treats. I saw this about a year and a half ago when I was... was, uh, I was at my parents' house and I opened up the cabinet and he has, you know, sugar-free chocolates and sugar-free caramels and sugar-free lollipops, any American candy that you could possibly imagine had a sugar-free version. Um, but he didn't have any sugar-free Mexican candy. And I thought that was so strange. I assume this whole time he had been eating it because, right. you know, we grew up so he loved it. I never stopped to question that. And, and I, when I, you know, when I saw that, I was like, how come you don't have any Mexican, you know, sugar-free Mexican candy? And he said, Mika, I can't find it. And that was kind of like the light bulb moment. And then it started as me wanting to create something for my dad that he could enjoy. And in the process, discover that this, there was this huge opportunity and this huge need in our community. And that's how I Love Chamoy got started. I love that because you're touching on such big topics, especially to your point of like being tied to your culture. I feel like food is such a big part of that. And I feel like this way, a lot of more people are also getting exposed. Do you feel like you have a lot of um, not just customers that aren't Mexican, but just like people in general that are appreciative of certain things so thoughtful and very, very, very well received? Yeah, no, it's it's super interesting. I think I think I, I was at the beginning expecting most of my customer base to be Latino or Mexican who were looking for a healthier alternative. But through the process of sharing our story and sharing our business, a lot of people who are not part of the community have discovered what Chamoy is. They're trying it for the first time and experiencing it through our product. I think for me, it was really important that 
Um, just because, you know, people have different dietary restrictions, it does not mean that you cannot enjoy things that remind you of home. And the fl- there's nothing wrong with the flavors of our culture. If we just switch a couple ingredients, it can make a huge difference. And um, for me, it's really important to keep the flavors of, of the products authentic, just made so more people can enjoy them. Yeah. And I feel like also that's just a big thing in our community too, when it comes down to like being knowledgeable about different products and different foods and substitutions and all of that. But so you mentioned you started your business right around the time that you discovered that your dad was diagnosed with diabetes. And when you came to the U.S., so how long has I Love Chamoy been around and what, what was that process like starting and kicking off? Cause I'm sure it was kind of like, oh, now I have to learn how to do everything from the, the ground up pretty much. Yeah. So, so my dad was diagnosed 10, 10 years ago, but I didn't, I, it's so sad. I didn't realize that he wasn't eating sugar-free oh, Mexican okay, okay, was, okay. Makes a, sense. a year and a half ago. <laughs> no, no, no. I, it, you know, and I'm so sad that it took me this long to kind of figure that out and then, and didn't do something with it. So I start. I started, had the idea about a year and a half ago, and then it took me six months to develop, um, the first product. Um, and I, you know, I was really aware of, um, of my limitations. I think I'm from the, my first question was like, how the hell do I even create a formula for this? So I invested most of my money into hiring a food engineer who helped me developing the formula, developing the product, making sure that I had all the proper uh, permits and regulations, all these things that if you're somebody coming completely new to an industry, you're just not going to know. And what I was really good at uh, was, you know, I, I have experience with marketing and social media. So I was like, okay, like that I can do this part. I need help. And that's where I invested most of my resources. And yeah, it was, it was crazy. I honestly, I thought I was like, oh, we're going to be able to launch in like two months. <laughs> no, it, take, it takes quite a while, you know, and I, I learned patience and I learned um, the importance of doing something in the, this industry and doing it right. I mean, I'm, I'm offering a product that people are eating. That's a big responsibility. Um, so, so I'm happy it took that as long as it did. And we just had our one year anniversary from like when we started selling, which was on August 13th of last year. That's amazing. I also feel like time goes by so fast, right? Like you're probably like, wow, I can't believe it's already been a year and we've already reached this amount of like customer success or however you want to measure that. But that's amazing. And I feel like it also takes a lot of recognition to be like, okay, this is not my strong suit. I need help in this area and all that stuff. But what would you say was the most challenging part of all of this when, you know, first kicking off your business? I think first kicking off was, um, not everybody is able to see your vision from the very beginning. Um, for me, you know, I had the idea and I immediately felt so sure about it. Like it's hard to explain. And I'm sure everybody experienced when your intuition is just like, no, this is, this is a good idea. Like you should really follow this. And I felt it so strongly. And I had people that didn't see it. I had people that told me it was a bad idea. They told me it was a bad investment. And why start a business if I already was doing a job and like had stability? Um, and you no, know, no shade of those people, right? They, yeah. I don't think they had bad intentions, but um, they didn't see the, you know, the need in the market. They didn't understand the community how I was feeling that I understood it at the moment. So I, I think I went like maybe like two three weeks where I put the project down, and I was like, I was so discouraged, and I remember everybody knows the show Shark Tank, right? Where you see all all businesses and they're pursuing their dreams. And I I love that show. And for those three weeks, 
I like could not watch it. Like it would make me so sad. Like, cause I felt like I was putting my baby like down, like this idea that I had, I was, so it, that how uncomfortable I felt every time I would see somebody pursue their dream. It was, it then turned into like, oh no, this is a sign that I should follow it. Whatever happens, right. It doesn't mean that it's going to be successful at it, but I just have to see it through. And, um, so that was probably the hardest part for the, the mental kind of pushing and, and, and being okay with people thinking that maybe you're making a wrong choice or you're being stupid or whatever, you know, what I'm sure everybody goes through that, but yeah, it's a big, it's a big push. And I know sometimes you just have to be okay with it failing. Cause you never know like what could happen and what couldn't happen. You just have to kind of take that chance. Um, but speaking of that, you're just reminding me, um, I've spoken to a couple other Lat- uh, Latino small owned businesses and a lot of what they have to share is that they really didn't see a lot of resources out there or people like they could reach out to, um, that were in the same boat, whether they were small businesses or just Latinos in general, do you think you had those resources when starting your business or would you in hindsight have wished to have had someone to connect with? Um, I, I don't think I had it specifically for my community. I mean, I'm up, I take that back. I think what really helped me was seeing so many people post their businesses online and like the whole process. So you'll notice with my social media, like, I mean, I started posting this before we launched, like I, I, I've shared pretty much everything, uh, maybe too much, but, uh, <laughs> But it really helped me at the beginning to see other people being like, I'm struggling with this and this is going well and crying and having good days and like seeing them like really grind. I, that, that really, really helped me. Um, so then it, it kind of became a foundation for my business. I think what, what at the same time was good was I, I didn't, I didn't run my business too conventionally. Like I think people are so surprised when I tell them that I've never paid for, I've never had a, a professional photography of my product. I've never done it. Um, I just couldn't afford it at the time. And it was like, I, I was investing in the formulation of the product. So I was like, okay, if I cannot do anything fancy for my, those, those, I'm, then I'm just going to share everything. And I'm just going to be very, um, very honest with, with my customers and do more videos. Cause that's, for whatever reason, that was easier for me than to do photos. While a lot of companies build themselves really traditionally and then they invest a lot in marketing money-wise, for me, it was like, I cannot afford that expense, nor do I want to have debt in this business. So then I I, I kind of did it a little bit differently. So I think um, the the it, it forced me to think differently about my business, um, not not having like a clear path given to me. I also love that because I feel like you create that natural connection with people that isn't so um, like constructed, right? Like it's not the natural way of seeing like a product. It's more so like you get behind the scenes and you get to connect with like the person that's truly making the product. And, you know, it kind of gives you that like familiarity. And I feel like in the Latino community, that's also so important when you're wanting to like try and support someone. So I truly love that like transparency. Um, And speaking of the community, do you think you see a lot of more businesses that are created, not just candy, but like, you know, I feel like there's a lot of more Mexican um, small business owners coming out now and like creating either their own trucks or whatever. So I I just want to see your take on that in your community as well. No, I I think it's incredible. I think it's a community. We're natural hustlers. I think we have it in us. We're hungry. We are very brave uh, because our parents and or our grandparents were were brave enough to, to make certain 
calls that have clearly impacted the whole family for the better. So um, I think we kind of naturally have it in us. And now that, you know, we're able to reach so many people online, like through TikTok, through Instagram, through these platforms, you're really seeing a lot of these small businesses be very successful and really share their journey with other people and connect and, um, and also, I think Mexican culture is becoming mainstream, right? It's enjoyed by many other people. It's appreciated by many other people. So it, we're no longer, like, if you have a Mexican product, you're not you're not just selling to that audience. It's really an opportunity to share your culture with other people and have them genuinely appreciate it. So I, I think it's a very, very pivotal time for um Latino business owners. I think it's, it's the perfect time. Yeah, I totally agree. And I guess just out of curiosity, do you ever get like comments or concerns or like feedback? That's like, I've never heard of Chamoy, but I want to try it. And now I love it. Like type of comments. Cause I feel like I, 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 from personal experience, like friends have been like, I don't know what that is, but then, you know, we go to the taco truck and then they try it and then they love it. So do you think that you yeah. see that a lot? No, no, I do. And those are some of my favorite, my most favorite comments. I remember I did a video. So Chamoy is actually brought to Mexico by Chinese immigrants. It's it's, it's um, inspired in a lot of Chinese flavors. And then, of course, you know, cultures mix and Mexicans added sugar and chilies and it became the Chamoy that we know today. Um, and I did a video on that. And so, so a lot of a lot of people. Um, from uh, Asian cultures saw the video and were like, oh my God, like that's why Chamoy feels so familiar. Oh my God, this, if you're telling me this is similar to my culture, I, I'll enjoy it. Um, and then I've had some people, like I have some people that are not Latino who are like, I had never tried Chamoy, but I ordered it and me and my husband love it. We use it as a marinade. And I'm like, interesting. <laughs> never, I've never seen that. that. <laughs> I am not here to tell people how to enjoy their Chamoy. So I think it's really cool it's really, I, I'm very, very grateful when somebody who's from a different culture is like, I have no idea. Like they have no idea what the flavor is going to be. And they're just like, I love the story, love the product and, and I want to buy it. So um, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm here for that, especially because you never know what you like. I feel like you have to have an open mind to try new things. Um, and do you think you see yourself expanding to other Mexican candy or just like candy in general? Or do you want to, I know it's only been a year, so I'm sure there's like a long road ahead, but just out of curiosity, like what are your plans? No, no, no. We have two. We have two new products in development. Um, one of them, candy, is is going to be low sugar candy. It has the same attributes of our product: low sugar, low calorie, low carb. It's going to have no artificial dyes. Um, it's going to be really good. I haven't revealed what the flavor is going to be, but um, you know, through launching this first product, the mission of our company became very, very clear, and and it's to make the flavors of Mexican candy healthier for people with different dietary needs. So, chamoy first product and now we're expanding into um additional skews and i i think the possibilities are pretty endless yeah that's amazing to hear that you're working on new products and i can't wait to see the success of those as well um and so now moving forward now that you've you know had time with your business you've seen ups and downs i'm sure what are some you know like nuggets of advice that you have to share with people that are either starting to you know think about starting their own business or want to dive into something regarding in like the food industry or just something in general like if you have anything you would like to share. For sure. I think that every path is different and, and be very aware of that. I think it can be very overwhelming when you see a story and it could be a successful story and you think that you have to follow the same path, whether it's uh, like a lot of people don't know, I have a day job and I, I, I you know, I, so um, 
I made that decision to keep a day job so I could take risks with my business. That might not be the path for everybody else. I think you see a lot of people, a lot of stories of people being like, well, I invested everything. And, and that works for some folks. It doesn't work for everybody. I think a lot of people, you know, especially in our community, we have certain responsibilities with whether it's our parents or, or if people are, if people are parents themselves. Um, there's also just because most people have grown their business a certain way doesn't mean you have to do it. Like really have a very clear understanding of what you're you're really good at and be very aware and very humble of the things that you're not so great at and invest your resources accordingly. Um, so, so, so you don't burn out, you know, and, and, and you do what's best for you and for your business. Um, yeah, and I think to echo your point, I feel like a lot of these things look from the outside in that they're like linear change, but it's not like that. I feel like it comes in waves. Um, and to your point, we're all different humans. So like our paths are going to be different regardless of what we see online. There's many different ways to be a, a business owner. I think people sometimes want you to fit into a specific category or act a certain way or, you know, like, um, and I think staying nimble and staying humble and hungry is, it's really the key um, to, to, I think, to surviving. I, yeah, I totally agree. And I feel like I hate to say it just because it's just like an app that we see all the time and hear about all the time. But I feel like TikTok kind of helps break that gap in, in a sense that you hear so many different stories. Like, yeah, to your point on social, we see this whole like, I quit my day job and now I'm like, a, whatever, full time X, yeah. Y and Z. But you also hear to your point, like your story about people that do it differently and are still either successful or like figuring their way out. And yeah, I think it's awesome that you're posting on that because I feel like that's a great way to connect with customers as well. No, of course. It, it's just, it's so, it's so, um, it could be so much pressure when you think that that you have to kind of be a certain way or know all the answers. I, I had this misconception that I thought that people that had their own businesses, just like they just, they, you know, they figured it all out before they started it. And then you realize, oh, actually none of us know what to, know what's going on. Like, it, it, and we, and the more honest we are about that. And I think the more we can help our community and the more we can encourage people to start their own businesses or pursue whatever project they have in mind, it's, it's really, no, I, I knew nothing about this industry. I barely know how to cook. If I'm completely honest, I just, I just mastered Mexican rice the other day, like arroz rojo. <laughs> I I'm love that. I'm so, I learned it from TikTok. Um, so for me, I was like, yeah, I, it, it was terrifying to to go into this industry that was so different from what I had done in the past, but it was just such a strong urge. Yeah. Like it, it was really like a calling for me um, that, you know, just kind of, uh, you just try to figure it out and try to get help and the resources and invest your money wisely. And hopefully it goes well. So just because you're new to the industry, it should not, it should not completely derail just 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 be aware of what inside that industry what are you already good at and what do you need help with yeah that's amazing I feel like with anything it's just like starting that research and then like just starting and pushing off and kicking off and doing it all but I love that and then um obviously you love chamoy so what do you usually eat your chamoy with or how do you use your own product (laughs) sure um I love it with mango watermelon uh frozen pineapple is a new favorite that me and my family are obsessed with um you know my dad loves 
he loves the taste of a michelada, but you know, like he doesn't want to drink beer every day and nor he can because of his health. So he does it with like seltzer water. He'll like Ooh. rim glass. Yeah. Like, and I'm just like, okay, it tastes the same. Um, so, and then my sister strongly thinks that the best way to eat our product is with popcorn. She loves it. She brings it to the movies and everything. I'm like, okay, interesting. It's more with popcorn. I've never tried that. But I love that. Yeah. So everybody does it differently. And my mom, my mom is obsessed with frozen popsicles, like the low sugar ones. Um, so she like, she has like three popsicles at a time and just, you know, she's like, I'm going to make a little mix. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So everybody eats it differently, but I've been, I love it when customers come up with different ways to eat it. Like there was this customer that did she had um, hikama slices and then covered them in our chamoy and then um, to kind of rolled it on top of the pa- the sugar-free jello powder. And like, it it tastes like candy. I was like, what? So it's just, and it's, lo- it's like low sugar, sugar-free. I was like, what? So I love it when customers actually come up with even more interesting ways to eat our product. And then I get to recreate those videos and, and tag them on my socials. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like you get to figure out more ways to incorporate those products, but that's awesome. Um, But thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. At the end of every episode, I always ask everyone to share one, their favorite Latinx artist, and then two, your favorite dish from your country. And in this case, it can't be chamoy or anything along those lines. (laughs) So go ahead. The floor is yours. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, my favorite dish varies, but I've always loved, and I also cannot cook it. So I think I treat it as this very like, uh, like when I go to a restaurant, chiles rellenos. Ooh, yum. Top tier. I have no, I, I know how to make them, but it, there's no way. There's no way I can like do all those steps without like completely burning my kitchen down. So chiles rellenos, arroz rojo, which I, it's my, my new favorite. I'm having it every day. Um, and my favorite Latinx artist, uh, oh, I'm going through a phase right now. I'm going through a phase. Alejandra Guzman. Okay. Yes. I'm up. I don't know what happened to me. Like she like in the, at the gym, like, you know, I feel like that. I, I think it's a TikTok sound, which is like, me siento como Alejandra Guzman. <laughs> yeah. I'm going through my señora phase, you know, my, so, so Alejandra Guzman is probably my top tier artist right this very moment. Oh my gosh. I love that. What a throwback, but no, yeah, she's so great. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me. It's like her and Gloria Trevi. I'm like, what's going on? Like, you know what's funny? The other day, a song by Paulina Rubio came on, and I was like, I kind of forgot that she existed, but I was like, this, I this goes. It. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Annie. Do you want to share where people can find your product and just purchase and keep up to date with your journey? Absolutely. So people can buy our product at ilovechamoy.com. Um, if you're a first time buyer, you'll get a 50, 15% off. And then you can follow our journey on TikTok at I Love Chamoy or Instagram at shop I Love Chamoy. And if you are in Texas, you might see our product at HEB really, really soon. So exciting. That is amazing. Congratulations. That's huge. Thank you. Thank you. That's going to be it for today's episode. Again, thanks so much for listening. Please make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mezcla Latina Pod. That's P-O-D. And again, don't forget to tune in every Wednesday for a new episode to learn more about La Mezcla Más Rica.